0: Hello everyone, before we get started, don't forget to subscribe, click on that notification bell, like, dislike, comment, share, let us know what you're thinking. You could also follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Now, today, on the Angel of Words podcast, we have Michael Keith of the Grammy Award winning R&B group 112 on deck on the Angel of Words podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Angel of Words podcast. I'm your host, Angel of Words, and today we have a member of the Grammy Award-winning group 112, Mr. Michael Keith. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today on the Angel of Words podcast, man. It's a pleasure to have you.
1: Thank you. Peace and blessings to you, Angel, Man, it's a pleasure on this end as well appreciate you
0: man now 112 is coming out with a, with some new bangers man everybody's excited i'm one of those dudes that are and anxiously waited to see what's coming out from you guys uh could you discuss the new project coming out august 28th correct 112 forever
1: that's right august 28th all right this this friday 112 forever Slimming mike it's it's the uh, new ep and um what we wanted to do was make sure that we gave our fan base something that they are uh, expecting of 112 and, and not give them some fluff or just give them a throwaway record we, we definitely wanted to have a album feel to this ep man so we're excited it feels like an album good man like the energy like we've been we've been arguing with each other back and forth man you know the whole energy that comes along with you know putting an album together for 112 man like we, so we've had some you know some very good energy around this project and i'm I'm excited and i can't wait for everybody to hear it man August twenty eighth.
0: Now, Michael, are there any uh, features that we can be expecting on this
1: album from you know any uh, artists from of any of the genres? Here's the thing, man. Initially, because you know we know everybody, man. So initially, it was, man, let's put this person on here, let's put this person on there, let's put this person on this album. I mean, on this record, we put, it, bro, we put somebody on this song, yada yada yada. But then we we actually sat back and said, man, this is going to be the first body of music that you've heard from 112 since the other two guys decided to leave, right? So we could have went that route, and it would have been a safer route because, you know, they would have the the perception of it would have been, well, they just got a whole bunch of features and the whole nine. It's a safe route. But we wanted the world to know that we're not running from it. You know what I'm saying? We have nothing to hide. We have, you know, nothing to fear. And uh, we wanted to make sure that people understood that the 112 sound is still going to... Be upfront and 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 upfront and personal, you know. Despite the fact that it's only two members now, so we wanted to make sure on this EP. So I'm answering your question in a roundabout way, but the but the overall answer is we didn't put anybody on this album purposely because we wanted um, to highlight the fact that Slim and I still can give you that one twelve sound, you know. Despite the fact that it's only two members, man. So that was by design. Um, However, the remixes that we don't that we're doing, we have uh, Spend it all our first single that came out July twenty fourth. We have a remix uh, that we're putting together, and Fat Man Scoop is on that one. So um, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're doing some, we're doing some things, man. For the remixes, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna switch it up a little bit for the album itself. So we wanted to keep it slim and myself. So that that was by design, and, and uh, you know, I think I think the people are gonna be pleasantly surprised when they hear this new project.
0: I mean, personally, I think that's fired. I'm going to keep it 100 with you because I'll be honest with you. I mean, you could always put, you know, you could always go ham on the remixes, bring in people. You know, they, they, hear, the, they hear that vintage 112 sound they're like, yo, I need to jump on there. I mean, come on, man. You guys are literally the kings of the collabo with the rappers and, and you know, and the collabos in general. You know right. so I feel like you know that 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 is very exciting that you know we're, we're going to hear that vintage 112 sound and then boom we may have something coming extra you know right. that that just you know turns into more multi platinum hits you know what yeah. I mean that's that's crazy
1: Absolutely, Absolutely.
0: Now now, did you guys produce this record yourselves? Like, did you write the songs? Like, you know, you know, cause I know back in the days you guys worked with a lot of great songwriters and, you know, and producers. I mean, like uh, this album, you know, at this stage in your career, like, you know, how did, you know, who who's behind that? Sure.
1: Uh, well, we felt like on this project, we wanted to take a different approach to it. Like normally we are the songwriters, but then we also collaborate, you know, with other um, other great producers like Stevie J, Mario Winan, uh DJ Rogers, uh, Sean Garrett, you know, people of of, of that ilk, man, like successful people, but we felt like we wanted a whole new, we wanted to switch up the whole, you know, just the whole program, bro. You know, so we we got with um, this producer named Ray Scott and we got with uh, this this other writer, his name is Ty, and uh, we got with uh, this guy named Young Marco and we got with this guy named N.R. N.R. actually worked with us last night and uh, he came, he gave us, he gave us a flight. So like it's it's ridiculous. Like and uh, we're we're really excited about the project, man. We wanted to take a young man's approach about this game. So if if I can, I I would like to explain the the new sound that one twelve is creating. Like even though we're doing still doing a one twelve sound, we're creating this new genre of music. Our goal is to create this new genre of music called trap and beat, right? So trap and beat basically means you got the trap sound, you know, the trap beats that uh Today that are prevalent in today's music. However, you got the R and B aspect of it from Slimming myself from the late '90s, early 2000s. So you're going to get the same subject matter that we gave you back in in the day. Gave, you're going to get the same vocals that we gave you back in the day. However, it's going to be an amalgamation of you know the the two sounds, the the, the newer sound and um uh, and, and and the old R and B. So. We got that Trap and be going on right now. We like you hear it first, man. We're coining the phrase on your show today, man. We're coining the phrase <laughs> trap and be.
0: Yeah. I'm excited, man. You know what you I mean? Because Atlanta, Atlanta does everything great. I know you from out there, man. And you, you, you guys are very creative.
1: Angel, Angel, listen to me, bro. Like when, when, right. when, you, when, when you hear it again, I need you to be like, yo, whoa, 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 whoa. If, if you if it ain't if it didn't come from me, if it didn't come from Slim, i need you to just hey yo slow down, bro. you I need you to give credit what credit to do and give it the one twelve because they came up with that whole concept. Oh, I'm definitely to- gonna
0: shut it down. I'm definitely gonna shut it down and pump their brakes, man. You know, <laughs> what I did? you know. And we got it on wax too. So there ain't no lying about nothing over yeah, here on right, this right.
1: side. Yeah, right, bro. So that's that's the approach that we took with this, man. So, you know, we got with some young, hungry writers that are up today, you know what I mean? And they had to do their research. The boys, like, they're, they're pulling some bro. I had to go back and listen to all y'all albums because I we just, we just didn't want to give you the regular sound that's going on right now like because y'all are 112, man. Like, y'all are legends yeah. in our minds, man. Like, we have to give y'all, you know, something that is that is familiar with, you know, with what the world knows of 112 and still do, uh, and still be an updated version of it, man. So they, it was kind of challenging initially because, um, you know, it, it was it was trying to mesh those two sounds up, man. But the great thing about Slim and myself, like we're musicians and the in the vocalists in the greatest sense of it, meaning that we're able to adapt. If you give us a trap song, we can sing to it. You know what I'm saying? Like how these young folks are singing, you know, to it now. If you want us to go back and do nineties version or an early two thousand version of a song, we can go back and do it, man. It's, we can adapt, is basically the point that I'm making. So um it was it was challenging at first, but once we got the hang of it, man, it was really the crazy thing was the fact that it was so simple made it challenging for us. Cause you know, we're used to being, you know, a Bad Boy, man, 18 hours in the studio folks cracking that whip, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> hey, bro, get, me a hit. Get, get daddy a hit, get daddy a hit. And now these kids are, these kids are in the studio for like four hours max. You yeah. know, we just warmed up in four hours, bro. Like in yeah. our mind, you yeah. know, for these kids to come in, like, yeah, man, I'm getting tired, bro, like, what do you mean? the sun is still out. What are we talking about? Like, we done? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So once we got, once we got past that, I think it was easier, you know, and it, uh, it became more easier for us to, you know, to create these records and stuff, man. But our team that we have right now is amazing. And um, I hope that, uh, that we keep the team intact for us to put this album together, you know, in the near future as well. So that's the ultimate goal. We have the EP now just to show the world that we can still do it. But then we, also, are going. Are the plan is to get uh, to put a album together as well for maybe the top of the year.
0: Now, Mike, I mean, it's interesting that you brought that up because you have seen in the studio, the way technology has changed over the course of the last 25 years, my brother. Like, isn't that, like, mind-boggling how, like you said, I'm 18 hours in the studio, you know, I don't even... You probably guys were even cutting tape back then, and now these cats is like, yo, we done. We already got, like, you know, 25 songs, you ready to go. Like, you know what I mean? That that must be crazy.
1: It's, it's absolutely crazy, bro, because we actually came from an era of real, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, dead with the tape, we actually came from that era. Where dude literally, okay, you messed up uh, you had to unplug that, you know what I'm saying, that plug in, you had to unplug that, had to record it, and the engineer dude, he had to be quick on that draw, bro, you know what I'm saying? And then you had to plug that back in, go to the next one. And if we try to explain it uh, to the to the newer age, man, and they have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. They have no clue what we're talking about. <laughs> hey, what is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean the stuff that you see uh, no, nah, bro, like it's 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 a long story, man. Like y'all don't want to hear, man. But you know, the point is, bro. We came. We came from that era. So when when pro tools came into the fold, and we well we were like bro, what is this? You know, like. But there's something to be said about pro tools if they can find a way to give you that, that authentic sound from reels and give you the same uh, efficiency as a pro tools and whatever system that is or whatever program that is or whatever. I think people will really appreciate what's going on because it, to me and Slim, the the pro tools it, it sounds too. Robotic, and it sounds too perfect, and it sounds too. Some of the greatest records that we have, man, got so many, so many miscues and misquotes and you know wrong words and things of this nature, and you know. Whereas with Pro Tools, you know, it cleans all of that up for you, man. It makes everything in this nice, uh, neat neat little boxing, and that's cool, um, you know. Based off the the sound that we're doing, man, but you know, for the authenticity, you know, sometimes, man, it, it just helps to have. That that organic sound, that authentic you know—that that authentic sound or whatever. So, you know, I, if, if whomever, you know, if—if—and if, I hope that my words can can, can inspire and influence. But um, whomever can come up with a program that has that authentic feel, of a real, and the the efficiency of a pro tools, I think they'll they'll have something real special. I think everybody well, would like I, it.
0: Honestly, Mike, I just feel like sometimes let the mistakes fly. That's the thing, like these engineers is on it, man. They clean everything up, man. Everything up. You know? I mean, this this podcast itself is pre-recorded. You know, I mean, I clean everything up because I know, you know, there's some things that I would love to leave in, but that's just not the way people are doing things nowadays. You have to like clean everything up. You right. know, right. then people right. listen to it and like, yo, that wasn't clean. Like we got to fix that, bro. Like you bugging like, and I'm like, bro, no back in the days. It's like, yo, whatever mistake was cool. You know, it's part of the personality of the project. You know what I'm
1: saying? Right. Absolutely, man. It's man. something to be said about authenticity, man. Like, you know, cause you'll, you'll never create that moment again. And if somebody was just, oh, uh, just erase it for, you know, making it sound great, you know, and for, for, you know, perfect perfection. Say then you, you lose some of the element of what makes a person or makes an artist special Like, you know? I've always had an, an issue, and, and I'm going off. I'm going off on a tangent for a minute, man. But I, I, I never understood how you can grade, like in high school, for example, how you can grade a child on art. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you have an art class? Because, and how do you grade said art? You know what I mean? Because it, being an artist is about creativity, and how do you rate somebody's creativity against someone else's? It's just, it's just a matter of your preference, or whatever. You like it, yeah. If you don't, that's cool too. But I've just never understood how a person could, you know, take something like a Pro Tools and just, you know, just just take the artistry away by put your music in a box. Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds commercial and profitable or whatever, man. But for the artist side of me, you know, it 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 kind of takes away from, you know, the the organic feel that comes from, you know, you quote unquote making a mistake or whatever. Because it's still, it's, to me, unless the note is completely off, it's not a mistake. It's just, you know, it's just something that. You know, it's just something unique or whatever. So, you know, I just I just have a problem when it when it comes to, you know, people putting people in boxes, man. I, I don't think that we're meant to be in boxes.
0: Oh, that's a fact. I agree with you 100 percent. And, you know, talking about working with young guys, I mean, you know, Mike, you guys came in the game at 16 years old, man, during the era of R&B and hip hop explosion. You know, some people, I mean, I call it like one of the gold, the back half golden ages, you know what I mean? Like you had that 70s flair, you had the 80s, and then you had the 90s where we're just taking it to a whole nother level, you know, and you work with some major, major artists, man. Could you describe coming in the game, man, as a kid, you know, and a little bit of how 112 got together, you know what I'm saying, in the first place?
1: Absolutely. So when we got together, man, we actually got together in like 91. The uh the, the version of one twelve that you see now actually came together around about ninety ninety one, ninety two. So we have been you know, we have been doing it for a for a while. And this is before there was a leface before So So Death, before Rowdy, all those majors that are in Atlanta. So we had no clue on how to get in the music industry. All we knew is let's go to the underground in Atlanta and just sing and hopefully somebody knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody and, and they they can get us in the music industry or whatever. So that was that was the only plan that we had at the time. And then once Social Dev came about, once Rowdy Records came about, once uh, LaFace came about, then it just gave us more motivation to, to work harder because we knew that eventually we were going to find somebody from that camp and they were going to hear us and then they were going to be like, yo, Jermaine, yo, uh, Babyface, yo, uh, Dallas Austin, yo, they, they some, get some guys out there right now, these boys are unsigned. We can work with these dudes. So um, we had been winning a whole lot of talent shows in Atlanta. And, um, and and um, we, we did this one challenge show, and that's where we met our managers, and they were in the Dallas Austin camp. You know what I'm saying? So we just knew that we were gonna get signed to Rowdy Records. You know what I mean? We, we knew we was gonna be signed to Monica, Illegal, you know, like with you know with those acts as well, we're gonna be on that mm-hmm. label. But it didn't work out that way, even though we were in the camp, even though we were, uh, we were in the studio every day with Dallas and his people, I and mean, he was uh, giving us wisdom the whole nine. Puff came in and he scooped in and was like, "Yo, he wants he want to sign y'all." Like if we were if it was August, right, when we had this conversation, Dallas was talking about signing us in January of next year. Puff was talking about signing us right then and there. So at that point, so you know, what I mean, even though our loyalty was toward Dallas because we love Dallas, and you know, he gave us this opportunity, and we just we felt comfortable with that. Um, we had to step outside and we had to step on faith, you know, step out on faith, man, and just you know, believe that Puff, you know, was really about what he you know, was saying whatever, man. We didn't know the dude from a can of paint when we first met him. Yeah. You, know? you so went we with didn't...
0: the slick-talking New Yorker, you know what I'm yeah, saying? <laughs> yeah, we had
1: no idea who he we, 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 we went with the slick-talking New Yorker, man. He he dangled, yeah. a, little, uh, dangled a chain <laughs> in our face, man, and, and we was gone, man. So, um, But honestly, this, this, here's a fun fact for you. Puff actually was, like, on the fence about signing him. It took three people for, to convince him to sign us. It was Kim Porter, Faith Evans, okay. and Usher convinced him to to sign one twelve, cause he actually didn't know what to do with it. You know, he's like, man, they sound good, but you know, Bad Boy is about hip hop and you know, dancing and, and all this other. You know what I mean? So he was he didn't yeah. really know how to cultivate R and B. So this was gonna be a new venture for him as well. And, and yo, Faith was like, yo, if you are bugging, if you don't sign these two, and Usher was like, yeah, you need to go ahead and sign them, puff. You know that if they're available. And Kim Porter, she knew us from way like back in '91 as well, before she even met Puff. Like she knew yeah. us, so she was like, yeah, go ahead and sign the boy. You'll you, you'll be doing you'll be doing yourself a favor to go ahead and sign the boy. So that's actually how we actually got signed. It was it was Kim Porter, Faith Evans, and Usher that 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 got us signed the bad boy. Finally, he was on he he liked us. He liked he liked the sound, but he was still on the fence about signing us only because he didn't really know what to you know what to do with us or whatever. So uh, once we got to New York, man, like it it just it went from it was like night and day, bro. You know, what I mean? you got four country bunking from from Georgia that didn't know nothing. That on the plane. And then we move up to to basically my like my mother called it, Sodom and Gomorrah <laughs> So you know, and immediately we were grown men. You know what I'm mean? saying? We had to figure out our schedules. You know, we had a we had a, um, a stipend that we had. You know what I mean? We had to we had to balance that every week and, you know, we had to be on time in the studio, myself and and the uh, and and, uh, and another dude in the group we were still in we were still in high school so we had to actually go to, to to you know tutoring and things of this day. so we had to we had to balance all of that stuff out man but once we got into the studio man immediately the first day we get there you're talking about meeting LL Cool J Mary J Blige you know what i mean like we had already known faith at that point but you know she wasn't faith Evans at that point you know she was she was our faith but she wasn't yeah. you know faith Evans at the time whatever so the first night in the studio you know you got the wu-tang clan walking past us and stuff and i was like bro what is going on man <laughs> 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 what, what, what are we doing bro like like we in over our heads and you know we, yeah. once we come down and got acclimated to living in new york and, and understanding and you know uh, um and, and finding our niche man it was it was it was an easy transition but the first couple of weeks in new york bro we was bugging out it was like because we were we were next to b we was in the studio with Big. we were you know we we, we had Mariah Carey just walked past us, and boys. to men was writing records for us, and you know what I mean. It was just, bro. It was, bro. It was a bug out. It was a total yeah. bug out.
0: That must have been a lot of fun. Now, I mean, look, guys. I mean, you you guys went ham. I mean, you you created really a new sound of R and B and hip hop merger. And you know, going back to what you're doing now with the trap beat. You know what I'm saying? Situation. I could see that exploding because, I mean, you guys were part of that R&B hip hop flow that took over the whole game. I mean, you guys, I'll be honest with you, man, here in New York, you were everywhere. You transcended all different cultures, all different, you know, types of people. It was a beautiful thing to see. And then, you know, then we have the unfortunate passing of Biggie. And now you got to get in the studio with Puff and Faith and create, you know, that that uh historic you know Grammy winning song you mm-hmm. know you know what was mm-hmm. that like man when you guys had to go in there when all those things were happening brother
1: oh it, it was it was it was surreal bro it was bittersweet that's that's the the best phrase that I could come up with because we knew that we would we were doing something historic however it was for in our opinion the wrong reason you know what I mean like our homeboy had just died. You know what i mean and we had written uh other records for him, like we did a harold, uh, harold Melvin and the blue notes we did a we did a, a sample from from them and you know and, and we did a missing you to that and uh we heard it and it was a great record and but at the same time it wasn't universal enough you know it wasn't yeah. befitting of what it what it needed to be for Big. you know then I mean? because big meant so much to us and he was just this universal iconic figure and we needed something a little bit bigger more universal you know to show the world just how much this man meant to you know meant to us or whatever. So that's you know, we went in, we did the Hermelyn and Blue Nose records, but then you know we all sat back and was like, it's dope, but it's not it's not big enough. And that's where Puff he uh, he was like, yo, give me a little time, let me let me let me think about this and everything and, and pull it together whatever. And that's where I'll be missing you came into play, and uh, we knew immediately. When you hear that, immediately when you heard it, it was like, "Yo, we out of here." And then for for um, Sting to give us his blessing and him even performing with us at the Grammys and whatnot, man, it that was, was beautiful. Just, it was, yeah, man, it was an amazing thing, man. Like, it, like Sting has been one of my you know biggest art, you know like one of my favorite artists in the world. Period. So just to be next yeah. to this, you know what I mean. And he was like on oh, stage love you. at
0: the Grammys, man. That was such a great performance, memorable, so, man, for all time. So.
1: I'm gonna give you a fun fact on that. Puff actually yeah. cussed us out after that. Really? He actually, yes, he actually cussed us out. He,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like to, yes, give us some make, more
1: puff stories, man. Because yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> way, to, way to make our Grammy experience memorable, bro. Like, we appreciate that, yeah. man. But no, he actually cussed us out, man. The reason why is after we perform, right? After yeah. we perform, I'll be missing you on stage. The the people behind the scenes with the with the with the headphones and whatnot. We're just moving everybody off the stage because they had to you know go into commercial and all this other stuff or whatever so we're just basically doing what we're told unbeknownst to us the next award was going to be for us anyway we didn't know notice you know what i'm okay. saying so we weren't we weren't prepared so they was they was ushering us back into the green room you know what i'm saying because we we're waiting for puff and face and Sting to come back so we can just you know have a you know a great time and you know, they the talk about how dope the the show was or whatever. So we back there with the with the choir and all you know all these other people, whatever. And then all of a sudden, we hear, and the award goes to Buff Daddy and the Family, Faith Evans and One Twelve. And yeah. by the time we get there, Buff done already made his you know he's he made his speech, and Faith said what she said or whatever. And One Twelve didn't get an opportunity to say anything. So when he saw us behind the scenes. He was like, "Yo, what the f y'all doing, bro? Y'all y'all messed it up for me, baby. Like, yo, know, da, da 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 And we were trying to explain to him, like, "Yo, they told us to move to, to go back in. Like, bro, we just doing. What we didn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was just it was just chaotic. But you know, the energy was high at that point, man. It, but I, we just felt like like that was, you know, it was it was cool to really to win a grant. It, it sunk in after the fact that we had just won a grab you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But at the time, you know, we were get cussed out by Puff because we did, we were doing basically what the what the people were telling us to do, how to move this way and all this other stuff. So, you know, it, it was just kind of, you know, it was, again, another bittersweet moment, man. It was like it, it was dope that we won a Grammy, but, at the same time, it was like, man, that man didn't have to cut us out. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know,
0: Puff is a very animated New Yorker. You know what I'm
1: saying? You know, at this point, bro, it didn't, it didn't even hurt. It, that point, it, didn't, it didn't even hurt, bro. You know that the skin. The yeah. At this point, man, we stepped on at that point, man. We had we had heard it all at that point, man. So it, it was it was cool, man. We just you know, but we always have a laugh about it now. It's like, man, you from that time, Puff cut the We won that award, and it was just it was just really funny, man. So. Uh, now we can laugh about it. Back, you know, at that that point, because I was always the guy that he screamed at. Like, yeah, yeah, I was always the one. Well, you
0: you had the most thickest
1: stink skin, probably. That's why you know he took it out on you more than what likely. I was the shortest <laughs> dude the whole night, man, and he just he <laughs> being right at me, bro. He was just like, ah, I want to talk, I want to yell at you. You, I want. <laughs> I just, I just sat there and took it, bro. I was like, you're right, bro. You're right, bro. We shouldn't have did that. We shouldn't, have, we shouldn't have listened to these people with the headphones, man. And, and not went to the green room, bro. We sorry, we didn't know. You know what I mean? So I just had to sit there and take it, bro. But you know, like I said, we can have a laugh about it now, man. Back then, it was, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of messed up. But you know, it was, it, at the end of the day, we was able to take home Grammys, man. So you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take getting cussed out every day if it means that.
0: Oh, that's a fact. Now, Mike, is there any truth to the rumor? Because there was a big rumor in New York around that time, right? I remember it as a kid that Biggie actually wanted 112 on more of his records.
1: No, that's is actually that true? true. That's actually yeah. true. Um, the, the 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 reason why you hear 112 so much on that um, Life After Death record, you know, is is um is is because he was like such a fan of 112. And we used to do promo with him, you know, and, and of course, you know, he would headline the show or whatever, but, you know, he would advocate for us to go on before he went on. You know what I mean? And and 12 wasn't the the, the season group that we, we ended up being at that point, man. We, we were still kind of green or whatever. So, you know, the fact that this man was like advocating for us to uh, like be the, the group or the act right before he comes on. It was just it was a really amazing how this man really loved the group, man. He advocated for us so much, man. So he actually wanted us to be on as many records of his as he possibly could. So um, yeah, man, we we appreciated him for that, man. But that's the reason why. As a matter of fact, this is how big operates, bro. Big would not write anything down. I know you've heard that before, how big doesn't write, never wrote anything down with And that's true. I'm telling you for a fact that I I actually witnessed it. Um so we were in it, we was at daddy's house. And um we were getting ready to start our session and I think it was like C's or one or Junior Mafia. They were like, yo, big in the other room, man. He wanna holla at y'all. So we went into the room and whatnot. And um he was just sitting there, you know what saying? smoke from here up, you know what I'm saying? Like they were they were cheap and hard, bro. Like Jay-Z was in the corner, <laughs> the the was in the, like she was sitting next to Jay-Z and, and uh Junior Mafia was running around, man, and they were just having a good time. We were smoking, drinking. Laughing, talking, you know, doing what it, you know, just having a good time or whatever. And Big was just sitting there, not saying a word, not that, you know, of course he said, What up and all that, but you know, as far as that goes, like, yo, y'all smooth? It was like, nah, we don't we don't get out, whatever. Like, but he, but he wanted us in the room with him and stuff, man. So, um, like like I said, Junior Mafia's in there, everybody's just having a good time and Big's not saying anything, bro. So around about four thirty in the morning, Big gets up and's like, Yo, I'm ready. So, you know, the engineer was like, Ready for what? You know, ready to leave? He was like, nah, I'm ready to record with him. So he went in and uh he recorded, I got a story to tell. That doom doom. Oh
0: man, fire. Doom doom doom.
1: Yeah. Oh, and then, man, he said, yeah. Man, and then he said my one twelve CD blast, mm-hmm. bro. Right, like, yeah. yeah, that was because we was in the room with him. Oh, that's fire. And he yeah. did that ad libbing. That that yeah. was just like ad-libbing. What he did was, bro, he he listened to everybody's story. Like, he was listening. he was What he was doing in there, he was listening. And so he listened to everybody's story for hours, and he was coming up with his, this whole story in his head. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. You know, like, I know you've heard a story about, like, who he was actually, you know, what NBA's Knicks uh, player. He was actually, you know what I'm saying, whatever, the whole nine or whatever. But, you know, I can't confirm nor deny that. But um, yeah. I just know that, you know, he was putting a story together as we were, in the room, talking, laughing, having a good time, and whatnot, and that's the reason why we were so, in so many room one twelve with the players, well, and well, you know, one twelve was shaking. It was like because we had just walked into the room and he was in the booth and he was like, "Shut one twelve was shaking," and then he kept pushing. You know, saying, "I'm gonna go to room 112 and da, da, da. You know, it was just that was he just he just wanted to make sure that he solidified, you know, that that we were cool, like we was homeboys and and we was family, man and and he and he wanted to coin that you know that that phrase for us man and, and it happened and and we're very happy because of the as a result of that. do you miss him oh absolutely man it's it's not it's not one day I don't think about it, dude every every march night um and, and look, I get you know i get i get a little emotional <laughs> around not march night bro like people can't even be around me when I you know march night bro because' just i, I wanna take a shot, you know saying of whatever I got or whatever man and, and i'm I'm just playing big all day. I'm just playing big all day, bro. Just getting on everybody's nerves is big, whatever. because you know this dude, he, he he meant so much to us, man. And it's just outside of the fact he was my homeboy. The man died when he was 24 years old. The black man died when he was 24 years old, man. That man had not lived yet. You know what I'm saying? And it's and it's crazy because now you know I'm a lot older. I'm in my forties now, bro. So I don't live, you know, as much as he's been gone. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's 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 just it's just humbling to to know that, you know, your life can be taken just like that, man, and and uh, and you leave such a legacy, you know what I mean? Like, his kids, of course, they miss him like crazy, man. And, you know, we just all miss him, bro. Because he was, yeah, he was the persona of the, you know, the king of New York, the black, Frank White, and all that stuff, man. But he was a funny dude, man, and he was a caring dude, you know what I mean? And and uh, I don't think the world got an opportunity to see that aspect of him. Like, you, you remember when he did and how everybody was so amazed that he was smiling. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But yeah. we, saw, we, we, smi- we saw dude smile every day. Like, you know, every time that we saw him, we saw him smile because he was laughing about something. You know what I'm saying? So, so we, that wasn't really a surprise to us. You know what I'm saying? We, we knew that the dude was capable of, you know, being funny and being, but the world and the perception was, you know, he was his kingpin, you know what I mean? And, and, and that, you know, he didn't, he didn't know how to have a good time with him. And that was far from the truth, man. So yeah, I, yeah, I miss him. I miss, him. I miss Pop too, though, so. Yeah. Well,
0: you, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys, man. You guys changed the game so much, man. And I, those Vanson leathers, do you still own those Vanson leathers that took over New York? And if you didn't have one, you were not fly. You know what I mean? <laughs> do you miss wearing the baggy jeans, bro, with the
1: Vanson <laughs> leathers? Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, bro. We actually gave the Vanson um, to, uh, it was a Hard Rock. It was a Hard Rock cafe. We donated uh, the Vanson jackets to Hard uh, <laughs> Rock because they wanted to have this bad boy um, display and uh, we felt like, you're like, man, we're not wearing them. You know, all we gotta, you know, they in our closets and our crib or whatever. Why not just give them, you know, uh, donate them to hard rock. So, you know, it will be in prosperity, you know, prosperity. So, um, prosperity rather. And so, yeah, so we gave them to the hard rock.
0: Oh, that's dope. That's dope, man. Mm-hmm. Now yep. I'll be honest with you, man. I, I really respect the fact because, you know, uh, you know, eventually you guys left bad boy, you mm-hmm. know, but you did it as gentlemen. Mm-hmm. You know, could you go into that a little bit, man, and, you know, why you guys didn't seem like as salty as other people are when they go through those kind of hardships and breakups?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, to give you some history, 112 was signed through Bad Boy, but well, Arista through Bad Boy. And yeah. through Bad Boy, we were signed through a production company. And the production company was taking 20% of everything that we we were doing. The problem with, it, and that's that's not really a problem if your production company is going to provide you with music, provide you with writers, provide you with everything that you need in order to be, you know, to to be successful. And the problem with that is that was not what was happening with said production company. So our whole thing was we didn't necessarily want to leave Bad Boy, but we wanted to get out from under that production deal because, like, again, it was taking 20 percent of everything that we were doing and we would not have had it. So much of an issue with that if the production company actually worked as a production company and did what they what they were supposed to do and not just take money for the hell of it. By the way, the production company was also um, the management team as well. So in addition to the twenty percent that dude was taking, he was also taking an additional ten percent as a manager. So that just lets that just let you know the amount of money that this man was you know raking in on one twelve half. So you can understand our frustration when you have a a, a situation in place that's not doing that's not living up to their expectations or our expectations and not doing what they're supposed to do. So with that in mind, uh, the reason why we left bad boy was because we could not negotiate a a situation to get out from under that production deal with Puff. everywhere else. They were saying, yeah, we're going to get you out. uh, One of the main things that we're going to do for y'all is to get y'all out from under that production deal, you know, and, but Puff was just unwilling to, or we just could not come up with a, 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 solution, you know, that satisfied us. We had just given him, you know, part three, you know, we had just given him that, you know, that part three album. And, you know, we, we felt like that was like our, at the time, our greatest body of work and we, we showed our loyalty and we showed our dedication and it was it's bad boy, it's bad boy to this day, you know, to, for me. Um, but in, in our minds, we felt like, dude, if we're showing you this love then we need you to reciprocate, you know what I mean? And, and get us out from under, if we didn't want for the record, let me just make sure I, I get this I make sure that this is clear. For the record, we did not want to leave Bad Boy initially. That wasn't the goal. It wasn't to go to greener pastures and, and things of that nature. We were trying to get out from under that production deal. And that just happened to be like a side effect of us because he wasn't unwilling to do that, you know, or we couldn't come to an agreement with, you know, how the production deal was supposed to be dissolved. We said, well, all right, man, well, we're going to go somewhere where they're going to get rid of that production deal for us. So, so again, you know, it's to the day, we still hold no ill will towards them. It's 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 business. You know what I'm saying? So there's it, no it,
0: regrets? There's no regrets leaving them? Like you guys, you know, the, you're amicable. There's no issues there. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it was just business. It wasn't a personal situation at all was, whatsoever. It
1: was, nah, it wasn't a personal thing at all, man. But I wish we could have stayed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I believe... Like just like with Kobe Bryant, you know what I mean, when he, he began his career in in the lake and he ended it with the Lakers. Like, yeah, yeah, he flirted with going to the Clippers and stuff, but that was more of a negotiating tactic, I believe, and not necessarily, you know, him actually wanting to leave the Lakers because it's such a prestige. Like we felt that same way, man. We were part of an era. You know what I mean? And 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 being part of something for us meant meant a whole lot, you know what I mean? So we didn't want to leave. You know what I mean? Like we wanted to stay at Bad Boy, we want to go down with the ship if you will. You know what I mean? Not hoping that it, you know, that it was going down or anything like that, or, or praying that it was going down or anything like that. But we just wanted to be, you know, stay loyal to. Just like when we were with Dallas, we wanted to stay loyal with him and stay down with him and rowdy and things of this nature. We, we wanted the same thing at Bad Boy, man. It just it's unfortunate that it did not work out that way. But our intent was never to really leave Bad Boy, but just to get out from under that production deal. We would have been fine had Puff just said, "I'm getting y'all out of that production deal." and we're going to re-up this new deal with 112 here at Bad Boy, we would have been fine. We would have been perfect. You know what I'm saying? We would have been perfectly fine. We would had no ill will towards Puff. As a matter of fact, Slim and myself are, are uh, sponsored by Siroc, You know, to, you know, we're... Um, oh, all right. Yeah, so you so, still, you know,
0: you still, I mean, that's his company as well. So, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, you're know, still part so, of, the, you know, the...
1: We still rock out with Puff, with Puff man. Like, he, he is still all our right. brother. When we did the verses. He, uh, we actually got on the phone the day before. We actually got on the, the day before and the day of. We got on the phone with him, Mario, Stevie, and um, I think it was it was one other person. I keep, I can't remember at the time, but uh, it was like all of us was on the phone trying to get those songs that song order together. You know what I'm saying? So we can just make sure that we you know we gave everybody a good show for that verses with jagged edge stuff man so no no you killed me. it
0: man you know you killed it yeah. i'll be honest with you man yeah, i love yeah. verses. i thought that was the greatest thing i've seen in quite some yeah. time i'm yeah. like yeah. damn bro i was in my bag mike man you guys had me in my bag i'm like damn i used to have that on my seduction track you know back in the day you used to make well sedu- yeah, you can still do it now but you had that seduction <laughs> playlist if you will yeah. you know absolutely. what i mean to be pc yeah. about it but yeah. you know what
1: I'm <laughs> yeah. like they do Remember how you had your mixtape, bro, and how you had oh, to brother. when they record in that oh, call real quick, bro, get that mega mixtape going on. Yeah, absolutely, bro. But that was the yeah, yeah, verses was, was really fun for us, man, because you know it, it and, and I'm gonna tell you, it, it's, it's you spoke on something just now, man, how you know how awesome it was. But the truth of the matter and how we took you back, right? The truth of the matter is a lot of people had forgotten what one twelve had contributed because prior to the the actual verses. Oh man, they they talked about us like dogs, bro. They was like, man, one twelve finna get drugs. Man, that, them boys ain't got number two records. They all they got is Beastie Cream and, oh, and they, wa- they
0: Nah, come on, man. Yeah. Really, bro? Like, you don't know music. Bro, bro I was, was telling, just... I'm like, yo, bro, they're going to take it to Jagged Edge. And, you know, obviously I listen to both, you know, uh, groups. But I'm like, yo, bro, you 112 got
1: bangers, dogs. Like, you're crazy if you think and that. The only thing that I can attribute to that is the fact that yeah. we've been in the game for so long that people actually forgotten. The, the resume, you know what I'm saying? People like yeah. just how many records we had. So we were yeah. like, you know what, me and Slim was like, yo, bro, we're going to remind these dudes, like, we're going to remind these dudes what time it was and just how how relevant 112 is and was at that time, man, and it just us being featured on so many projects and so many artists, man. Like, I think we had more features with rappers, like you said earlier, with yeah. rappers, especially from up top, than anybody else in the game at that point, man. So it was like, we knew what was gonna happen, man. We we was just over here like this. We were like like the old school villains and stuff, bro. We were like we can't wait. Y'all
0: got songs that send chills to your spine, bro. It's over now, you crazy, you hear the opening bars of that song, you wanna like, bro. I mean, come on, let's be real about it. Like
1: you know oh, what? Come on. rather than going rather than arguing with people, you know, on social yeah. media, we was like, you know what, we just gonna wait till verses happen. And yeah. sure enough, bro, immediately they played their record. And we was and look, he was the crazy thing. They took the bait, too, cause we were like, "Yo, we are gonna let them go first, and then whatever they do, we just going <laughs> Bro, listen, listen. We had a team. It, it may have looked like it was just being Slim in that studio and Jack yeah. was doing that thing, but we had like nine people around us. Like they had the they had the storyboard. Like we, you know, we had yeah. the like, same. knocked out, bro. We had the DJ right next to us, dropping bombs, just dropping those ones, one twelve for like boom, boom, bang, baby. You know, so we just had a team of people that was on the phone with verses. You know what I'm saying? At the same time, like live, while you know, like real time, all this is going on. So we just make sure that we were giving the people what they wanted, man. And, and and we and they took the bait, bro. We was like, man, we want y'all to go first, man. Y'all y'all, y'all go ahead, man. Y'all go first. They played their record, man. We was like, play it over now, bro. What is this no nigga? Oh man,
0: come on, B. That's that shut down city. I'm sorry. I was telling my man, like bro, once that drops, it's quiet. I'm sorry. Jagged Edge got bangers, man. But these dudes hit you with that R and B hip hop. Like it's just oh, the mixture is crazy, bro. Don't sleep on them boys from ATL, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Exactly, bro. Like we we knew we knew, like once we started playing all those hits, man, like those. The records that we did were big. The records that we did with the Lord, all cried out. With the
0: Mace, people. the tracks that I did with Mace were bangers.
1: Come on, man. We did the records with. I'm Mace, from Harlem so.
0: originally, so man, that was our yeah, shit. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, Come on, yeah, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely, bro. Like you know what I'm saying? But that was that was man. We knew that. Once that drop roll, like once we start playing those records, oh, I forgot they had that. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, now you don't forget. Now you forgot. Yeah. You know that we have been trying to tell y'all, man, that that it ain't gonna be what y'all think it is, man. And, yeah. and so for Billboard and for Rebo and, and for Versus to say that One Twelve took that W, man, I, I you know it was it was really it was validation for us, and it felt real good to know because we had caught so much flack, but two, two weeks prior to Versus, man, it was like it's only two of them. You know they ain't got nothing but two hits anyway, Pizza and Cream and Cupid and all this other stuff, man. It, it was just, it was, it was really crazy, bro. So it just felt, it, it was a redemption, if you will. It felt real good to know that Billboard uh, uh said that, yeah, y'all, one twelve won that. Versus said we won that. Revo TV said we won that. And the overall consensus is, yeah, jagged edge. They did that thing too. That the one twelve dudes got banged, like you said, like one twelve had banged.
0: Now, Mike, as kids from Atlanta, you know, you you toured with Whitney Houston, Janet Jackson, worked with a lot of the greats, man. When you look back in these, you know, at these several years that have gone past, man, like, you know, how how do you feel about yourself in 112 and, and the legacy that you, you've left behind, man? I
1: feel. And it's crazy, man. And, and when I say this, you know, I hope I'm going to be able to, to, to articulate it. Clearly enough, so your so your audience can understand what I mean by this. Despite all of our success and despite our extensive resume, I one one twelve. Slim and myself still feel as though we have been very much disrespected in the music game. And the reason why I say that is because we've won as many, and I'm I'm just being you know real about. It. We've won as many white folk awards as we possibly can, but to not have a BET award for us not to have a Soul Train Award, for us not to have an NAACP Image Award. You know, all of those things that really matter to us, but we grew up aspiring. Like when we did, like when we was pretending as kids, we were not saying, you know, I want to I want to get a Grammy. Like, of course you said you want to get a Grammy, but that wasn't the first thing that you said. first thing you said was, I want to get a Soul Train Award. I want to get a, you know, when BET came around, they started doing the work, man, I want to get a BET Award. You know what I mean? So that was that was how we, you know, we, we always wanted that, that that validation we always wanted that acknowledgement from our people and it just seems like yes black america and black music embraced us more than anybody else but it just seemed as though they like the industry and the world just took 12 music for granted because we were underneath that bad boy umbrella that we would just automatically oh man y'all are part of bad boy y'all gonna go platinum anyway. as if we didn't put it in the work you know what i am mean? saying, or if we didn't you know, do everything that, you know, we were supposed to do. Like, it was just all Puff, and it was just, my twin was just sitting there, and y'all was just fortunate that Puff found y'all in the gutter or wherever y'all was, and he's the puppeteer, and y'all to marry you know, with the marionettes, and y'all are just, you know, listening to what this man's saying, and, and, and y'all are you know, very and successful after that, and that yeah, was, your machines—they
0: okay. think like this easy, bro. Like you ain't grinding in the studio, like Absolutely. Ross says, you wasn't with me shooting in the gym. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like,
1: come on. Exactly, my my point, exactly, bro. So yeah, that's why you know to this day we still feel somewhat disrespected as far as that goes because. Um, we're not really acknowledged or thought of in the sense we're always an afterthought, you know what I mean, It was like people like I've seen the little roundtable discussions where they have when, when they're talking about R&B Music and this and the third or whatever and then somebody out of somewhere will mention. Hey, man, don't forget one twist. Oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah man <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how nah, man think. Yeah, nah, so that's, man. The, that's the that's the mindset that's like, so this so to go uh, to go back rewind and go back to the new EP That was one of the things that we wanted to make sure that these people remember just how dope 112 is you know what i'm saying despite everything that's going on we're still giving you that same music we're still giving you that same sound man and and it motivates us i'm not you know i'm not mad about it at all man it actually motivates you You know saying because that lets me know that we still got work to do and i think little by little we're chipping away at that perception that 112 was just Waiting on Puff to make things happen and stuff, man. Underneath that bad boy umbrella, and uh, we're we're starting to show the world that we were we were instrumental, if not the most important reason why 112 was successful, man. So, um, but yeah, going back, looking at being on tour with Whitney Houston. Who could? I mean, how many people can say that? How many people can say that they toured with Janet Jackson? Because she wanted in sync initially, and then you know they they did their research and all this stuff, and then they say, you know what? I need to keep this toy as black as I possibly can. Let me go get 112. And that's what happened with that, man. I performed with the Isaac brothers, and we learned so much about, as, as far as being performers. We learned from those guys, man, and just being professional, being on time, looking good, sounding good. That was all, that that all came from the Isaac brothers, man. And then, of course, being on tour with New Edition. Like I have a I have a try you know, a, a trifecta, if you will. All right, if like a hierarchy it, of music, yeah. I have a hierarchy of music, man, that I that I that I that I subscribe to and I pray to. You know that it's yeah. new edition, Jodeci, Boys to Men. Those are those first tiers. And then after that it's one twelve and uh, Jagged Egg. You know what I mean? And then everybody else is like after that. We are this generation's boys to men and Jodeci. You know what I mean? So for us to be looked upon as anything other than that, to, to myself and Slim it's like, it's a little disrespectful, man. Like despite the fact that we've contributed to music so much so and because we're not out here, you know, being in trouble, you know, coked out of our minds and drinking heavily or you don't hear us in the news doing all this negative stuff, we don't get the kind of publicity that someone like that does. And as a result, it kind of, you know, diminished what we have accomplished, which is the craziest thing on the, on the planet to me, man. But you know, we've been in this game, we've been in this game 24 years and there's a reason why.
0: And you know, you make a very valid point. You guys weren't you weren't that controversial. You weren't on page six. You weren't on E. You know what I'm saying? You guys were holding it down and and being professionals, man. And, you know, and, and that was a part of the bad boy lifestyle. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Go in there and put in that work, man. And I mm-hmm. guess you know, sometimes you get a little bit overlooked because you know, all of a sudden they think it's easy. And it's like LeBron, they think it's easy, but they don't, you know, they don't see LeBron putting in that work,
1: what, he, what he's
0: doing behind the scenes to make. Make sure that everything is seamless,
1: you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Great point. Great point. Great valid point.
0: Now, um, Mike, we've reached a point in the show where I have a segment called Five Words with Angel. I'm gonna say five words, my brother, or phrases. You're gonna give me the first word that comes to your head, man. Nothing crazy, you know, like. Sounds like right. the f- the first word is peaches and cream.
1: Life-changing. I know that's two words, but it's life-changing. Nice. That's
0: cool. Cool. Uh, second word, the music industry.
1: Ooh. I would say tricky. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs>
0: All right, man. Out there, third third phrase uh, word is going to be your favorite 112 track. Cubic. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, fourth word, the uh, notorious B I
1: G. I know there's two words, the greatest. All right,
0: bet bet, and the last and final word on five words and eight with Angel is Atlanta. America. Bet bet. Now, Mike, please let us know where we can find the, the you know you know what basically what's happening. With the, with the, you know, with the with the album, when's it coming out, when you, you know, if there's going to be performances, anything online, just put us sure. on to everything, social media, any live events that you may or may, you know, that you're planning on doing in the future. So the fans out there can know where the new 112 bangers are going to be at and where the final. Absolutely.
1: Them. Again, uh, first of all, let me say, uh, well, lastly, let me say again, man, thank you so very much for having me on your show and um, and being a part of, you know, because I really needed this to say, man. And uh, for, uh, for the audience that wants to know anything about 112, you can follow us on the official 112 on Instagram. And you can also follow us to get the videos and um, any behind the scenes, of any BTS, any documentation, any documentaries, any web, uh, webisodes, anything like that. Um, you can follow us on 112 Rebirth TV on YouTube. Like and subscribe to that. It definitely helps us out. Um, you know, another stream of income, you know what I mean? That, uh, that we need to take advantage of as a, as a people, we need to take advantage of. So 112 Rebirth TV on YouTube. You can follow me on Michael Keith of 112 on Instagram. You can follow Slim at official Slim underscore on Instagram. The new EP is dropping this Friday, August 28th. And, uh, the new single for us, which is our contribution to the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, that came out on the 21st to rave reviews. And we're just really excited about that. You can see the video again on 112 Rebirth TV. Um, as far as any shows- That's on YouTube? Doing, uh, is that a YouTube
0: channel? YouTube, yeah, that's on YouTube. 112
1: uh, okay. Rebirth TV is on YouTube. You can, find, you can see the videos on 112 Rebirth TV. Um, uh-huh. Both videos, as a matter of fact, the first video, Spend It All, and the second video for us is there as well. Uh, and the new video- Looking for Love is coming after that as well. So, um, yeah, we, Outside of that, I am an advocate for the lupus family, for lupus. So um, what I am doing, my goal is to find a I actually cure. have an aunt
0: that passed away from lupus, so I want to make yeah. sure everybody listens to this. It's an important exactly. topic.
1: My, my, um, very, you know, I appreciate you, you know, acknowledging that as well. I appreciate that. Because my mother suffers from lupus, and um, she told us about 14, 15 years ago, and uh, from that point on, I, my my goal in life, through whatever avenues I can, raise as much awareness about this autoimmune disease that affects the major organs in your body so we can find a cure. You know, the, uh, so um, that's that's one of the goals. The more philanthropic side is what's happening for us on the 2021, you know, once we're able to get up and running again, man, so I can get my 501 c and um, really just get this foundation off the ground, man, so I can you know, raise as much money as I possibly can, man, so I can find a cure for my mother and uh, for everybody else that's afflicted with this, you know, with this deadly disease, man, this this, this incurable disease at this point, man. I feel like if we put enough pressure behind it, we will find a cure to it, man. So that's what I'm advocating for as well, man. So um, as far as 112 and shows, we have, um, we have a couple of, uh, situations coming uh, going on with uh, virtual uh, virtual performances and drive throughs and you know what we perform at a drive people come up and, and, and do the drive through is also a virtual. Uh, we have a concert in uh, that's going to be uh, a shot for a, sh- uh, a show in Detroit and that's going to be us and Key Sweat um, that's going to happen in September. Um, so you know, I, I can reach out to you again and give you that information. I'm not really sure as as far as the date is, because if the date is locked in, but I know that was the last conversation that we had. Um, we had some investors that wanted to do something virtual. Um, so yeah, we we're we're working. We're definitely working on that because it seems to be that's in addition to, of course, you want to do the the real deal, the Holyfield concert. But yeah. if we can do some of that virtual as well, you know, and capitalize on that as well, that, that's what we're going to do. So yeah, man, we also have some merch that that we're selling as well. We finally. Like, the people have been asking, like, do y'all have, because they said, saw us with the 112 mask, yeah. they yeah. saw us with the Net gators and the Tees and whatnot. Like, man, y'all, can y'all please make some merch so we can buy? So we finally, got to, uh, we finally got together, and Slim and I have created 112forever.com, and you can find, uh, that's our official page, and you can find merch on there. We have the Net gators, We have the a mask with the filter. Uh, we have the T-shirts, and we also have, the like, the, the little cute, Lady footies, you know, with the 112. Oh, I bet. Yeah, <laughs> cool. It's dope, bro. So, yeah, that's 112forever.com. So, I know I said a lot, So we'll recap.
0: No, oh, no, no, no. Okay. People
1: need to know, man.
0: Especially the lupus situation, you know. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, that is something that has really affected my family hardcore. It took my mother's best friend away at an early age of 50 years old, 52 years absolutely. old. And, absolutely. you know, it's something that I really want people to know about. I'm really glad that, you know, you're using, you know, your platform to try absolutely. to bring light to this really horrible disease that takes people slowly and it's very, you know, it's really hard to deal with, man, to be I, honest with you.
1: Absolutely, man. And and I, and I commend everybody. And they're called lupus. Everybody that that. Is, is a lupus survivor? They call they call themselves loopies, and 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 the thing is, they don't want any sympathy from nobody. They don't want they don't want your sympathy, whatever. They want a cure, and they want people to treat them as if you did if, if you didn't know that they had lupus. And that's one of the things that my mother and, and she advocates for. Like, please, just you know, I'm still your mother. I'm still you know, I'm I'll, I'll still go across your head if you if, if, if you if you know if you if you cut up. And so I just need for the world to understand just how much this woman means to me and how much it means to me that we find a cure for her and someone, you know, like, unfortunately, you know, we, we couldn't get to, you know, your aunt, you know, in, in time, man. But, you know, honestly, that's, that's the goal, man. they like, we want to get rid of this. We want to, we want to rid the world of lupus. We want to rid the world of any disease whatsoever. But that's, uh, this is near and dear to my heart, man, because it is debilitating. And, and for my mother to have to take 60 pills a day, but it's like, it's, it's it's just it's just unreal, man, and and, and that's the sad
0: part right there, man. Yeah, that's the sad, sad part, part you know.
1: That's the sad part, and then for her to be on the uh, on the front line with this COVID that's going on right now, too, because she's a registered nurse. So, you know, so she's doing that as well, man. So she's risking her life. She's risking her life every day, man. man she's so. a
0: true hero, man, because, you know, yeah. she's like, you know, she's, she, she already has underlying conditions that are serious, the, the most serious yeah. underlying condition you can have. And she's right. still out there making sure that people are staying safe from COVID. And I just want to tell everybody, man, wear your mask, man. There's people out there that, you know, just do what it takes to just, you know, to put this behind us, man. You yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: Now, uh, Angel, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get real personal for a second, bro. Like I actually tested positive for COVID, so I oh, actually, wow. yeah, I actually uh, got over it about a week ago. You know what I'm mean? saying? So I was down for about three and a half weeks while we were. Promoting this project, and thank God, you know, Slim, Slim was so professional that he was able to still do those interviews, still do the Zoom calls, and you know, and still do the performances. Well, not performances, the appearances that we needed him to do. You know, while I was sick, man, because I was I was gone, bro. Like I had every symptom on earth that that is related to COVID. I had it, and um, and it took me about three and a half, maybe almost four weeks. Almost a month for me to you know to get over it, man. But I, you know, I got a clean bill of health now, and I'm able to you know to get back on it and stuff, man, and, and complete this this EP, man. But I was down, bro. I tested positive, had to Dang. got to got to you know that it. After we had done those three days of we had shot three videos in three days, and I think, with that, you know, me not being as young as I was, and just being tired and not eating, and you know, just because we're, we're trying to get this video these videos done in a in a, in a record amount of time. By that third day, we did it Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. By that Thursday, I was sick as a dog, bro. And so that Saturday, no, that Sunday rather, I said, "Man, I, I gotta, I gotta go get this checked out." So I went, did the test where they take the Q-tip, put it up your nose. And ram it up there, basically, and do the thing. Yeah, 15. I know that, which
0: is horrible, by the way, guys.
1: <laughs> I've done it twice already. Not
0: not a big is, fan of
1: it. <laughs> it is not walking the park, bro. Let me tell you that. So after I did, you know, Four four days later, they told me that I tested positive for COVID. So, you know, I'm like you said, bro, I'm, I'm telling everybody, please wear a mask. If not for you, do it for the for, the, for the, your fellow man. Do it for the next the person next to you, because like my mother, like my grandmother, who suffers from diabetes, and so many people in my family, we there are people that have underlying conditions. You know what I mean? That can be affected by this this coronavirus, man. So in this time right now, if not for you, okay, you're healthy, you can't, you you don't normally get sick, and and you, you know that all that's good, man. But do it for the next person, because you may be asymptomatic, but this person, my mother walks around with losers, you know, every day, daily. My grandmother is a diabetic. You know what I mean, like, and she got heart conditions and things. It's like seventy-seven years old, man. So you know, just do it for those people, man. Like, you don't do it for yourself. Do it for those other people, man. So that's that's what that's about. But again, uh, to to bring some more levity to the situation, I'm gonna go back and uh, we're gonna uh, and, and I'll give you all those things again. So it's one twelve rebirth TV, that's on YouTube. You got man. the official one twelve that's on the uh, that's on Instagram, uh, and you have one twelve forever.com That's the official page, so you can buy your merch, you can buy your mask, your neck gaiters, your T-shirts, and the, you know the, the 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 lady footies. um And then also you can find me on Michael Keith of 112, and you can find Slim on the official Slim, no, not the official official Slim underscore on G uh, on Instagram as well.
0: Well, Michael Keith, thank you so much for joining us on the Angel of Worth podcast. My brother, God bless you. We're glad that you're doing better and that you've recovered from the COVID-19 virus. We will be definitely waiting in anticipation for that 112 uh, album to hit stores, uh, you know, uh, will hit all the platforms on the 28th. And we will be, you know, ba- basically paying attention to what 112 happens in future. And, and that, 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 that phrase that you coined again, let everybody know before, before we end the podcast.
1: When we get out of here, man, I want y'all to know that when y'all start hearing trap and Beat, know that it came from 112, all right? This new sound that's coming with the Trap Beats with his R&B singing over it, it came from 112. Slim & Mike, 112 Forever, new album coming out, August 28th. Thank y'all, man. We out. We love y'all. All right, bro. Peace out. Thank you, brother. Peace. Thank you, my brother.
0: Hey everyone! I hope you enjoyed my interview today with Michael Keith of the Grammy Award-winning R&B group 112. If you want to continue following and viewing the Angel of Words podcast, you already know, click that notification bell on YouTube. You could also fi- find us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to know what I'm up to on my social media, don't be afraid. Follow me at Angel of Words E N T. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. Talk to you later.